Okay. Um, we asked Elvira to get on with us today. He made a decision a few months ago that I think has really changed his life and changed his career. And I'll get to your numbers here in just a few minutes, Elvira. But when you started with Equus, you determined pretty much what your family needs were uh, and earned that amount and provided a nice living for your family. This summer, things seems to change. Uh, one, you plugged in even more. Uh, you pursued promotions like a man on a mission, almost like the additional income was a byproduct of that activity, but the promotion was the activity. Tell us today a little bit, if you would, and the purpose in having Elvira on today was so you could hear how his life changed so that you can try to figure out how you might duplicate some of the things he does. But what changed for you, Elvira? What was that motivating factor for you? Oh, I've got him muted. Hold I'm on, Elvira. You're still muted. Good morning, okay. Ms. Sylvester. Now, now you're off mute. Okay. So what changed? Well, I uh, appreciate you having me on the call. Um, and uh, I know we chatted a little bit about this call. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we going back to the beginning of the year, you know, I was just kind of enjoying life with the kids. And um, I wasn't really killing it. It was just, you know, it was, it was a nice living and everything. But I think it was July 4th. First, uh, the weekend of July, uh, right after um, uh, you know sp spring break with the kiddos, um, I kind of looked at the business in a different angle. Um, and there's, I think there's threefold answer to that. Um, in brief, number one was, you know, I was thinking, gosh, I've been blessed with this opportunity to become financially free, and um, I feel like I am just kind of blowing it away, so to speak. So I wanted to see what this vehicle was all about. It's like testing a new car. I said, you know what, if I give this thing, like just pedal to the metal, you know, all the way to the floor, what are the possibilities? Like what can I actually do with it? So I had a conversation with my wife, and I was like, you know what, I want to give this 120% and just see what it'll do like what how far can I go with it and uh, if I just put in everything into it right and so made a decision with my wife and she's like all right let's let's see what it can do and we kind of figured the schedule out with the kiddos and stuff so that was number one to see what the system can do like how far can I go um, just putting in activity not necessarily skill just going in and putting the activities on the appointments two was um, I wanted to pay off some debt, and I want it to be debt-free um, just because you never know what the market does, and I wanted to secure my family regardless who is in the office or anything like that, um, and I just wanted to know that my family is secure and that we're going to be good if anything does happen, um, and I just wanted that security for my family. And my wife, was when she heard that, she's like, so when can we start, right? <laughs> and uh, and number three, I wanted to get my comp level up so I can um, so he can help me with the recruiting, um, and that way I don't have to worry about necessarily so much about um, focusing on on running business when I when I was run, uh, building my business, uh, a running business, so to speak. I wanted to get my comp up so high, 
and the highest level I can. That way it kind of relieves a little tension so I can put more effort into building the business so I have that, that, um, that override. And how, now, when you look at that from that perspective, because I know Robert was the first one that it kind of introduced that concept to us, and uh, I remember thinking, you know, it was different than, than we had ever approached it before. So I, I really like that idea. How can people today listening on the call use what you just experienced to either increase their income and or build their business? Well, definitely increasing your income would be by just taking a look and seeing what your next goal is. Um, Barry Clarkson would say, you know, if if you don't have anybody looking to their next promotion, you know, their business is dying, I think you should look at your next promotion. So if it's 75 that you're looking for, just focus on that. If it's 80 you're next, just focus on that. And the byproduct of hitting that goal will be your income will go up. And then when your income goes up, for me, naturally you're just going to attract people to you and uh, people are just going to start asking you, well, what are you doing? Um, can I do what you're doing? So it just it's kind of a whole 360 um, you know, degree kind of uh, approach where if you just focus on that one thing, everything kind of falls in place by itself. So your income will go up, you will hit your promotion, and then you'll start attracting people to you because the system does work. You know, it's interesting you say that because I love the idea of the byproduct. The income is a byproduct of everything we do. And I think if we can really, I don't mean focus on it, but if we can focus on the activity like you're talking about and that increased income being a byproduct of it, it takes us off of helping ourselves when we're in their home and focusing on helping the client. I think that's really an important part of what we do. Um, mm -hmm. I love the idea that where you're talking about that additional spread. It just allows you a little more time for recruiting and not suffer the income because it does take time. It does cost you money when you're recruiting because people we hire today, you know, there's a learning curve for them and there's a training curve for us and there's a decrease in that income while you're doing that. So it is important mm -hmm. to have uh, that that's a little bit uh, bigger spread there. Now, right. you know, how do you see this? Well, I think you've already answered that. I was going to ask you how you see this next promotion changing your business, but I feel like you've already w addressed that very well. I did want to go over some of your numbers. And let me explain to everybody on the call why I asked Robert to provide. Well, I didn't ask him. He's been giving him, uh, Elvira, um, he's been giving me these for weeks now. But this is one that uh, I felt was very important because it, it, it talks about the activity. Now, the reason this is so important is a few weeks ago, <clears throat> we talked about Dee Dee Carter. She actually did a sales call, training call for uh, Fernando, um, and it was great. But the impression was that she started doing all these door knockings and wrote $12,000 in premium, and she did but we didn't realize how many doors she had to knock on to get there. So a number of people went out, knocked on a handful of doors, didn't get the same results she did. This doesn't work. I'm doing something wrong. I'm in the wrong market, and so on. After that happened, I called her. I said, Dee Dee, how many doors did you knock on to write 
this particular month, she wrote $19,000 in premium just off of door knocks. She said, Dick, a lot of people closed the door in my face. Um, two got mad. And she said, a lot of people said no. But it didn't matter how many said no. I was just looking for the ones that said yes. And she just kept persevering until she found enough people that she could talk to that allowed her to write $19,000 in premium. So we need to know all the good, but we also need to understand the work that went into it. So, um, Elvira, you, uh, in the month we're talking about here, you actually talked with 368 people on the phone. Now, out of those, you set 142 appointments. Uh, 92 were A leads, which were completed calls because we're talking IVRs on all these, and 54 for IPLs. Kind of tell us how that process went and what, what you were going through when you were doing all of this because that's a lot of people, but you right. persevered. Yeah, so – so this was the 90-day sprint, and I wanted to kind of keep track of what I'm doing, where where am I going, because the thing that I, that I struggled with the most um, was consistency. And when I say I struggled with consistency, it was, it was hard for me. You know, when things are going good, anybody can enjoy it. Anybody is good when things are going good, right? So... The thing that I struggled with is when when you're having five you went to five appointments and you didn't close one and then you hear that uh the application that you just wrote um it got canceled or uh, I mean it got denied and then somebody canceled in the same day that is when like how do you continue at that point how do you become vulnerable and pick up the phone and talk to somebody or recruit somebody and tell them the system works when you just had a rough day. So that's where I struggled the most. And so your emotions and your mentality would struggle and you would be like, this doesn't work. And so I needed to look at it from a big picture instead of a microscope. Instead of that one day, I needed to be able to look at it from, you know, a, a, you know, 30,000 feet instead of 10 feet view. And so that kind of helped me stay consistent. One day, a bad day, you will have those, and I needed to be able to overcome that. So to start off with those 100, 368 people, the the crazy thing is 222 people said no to me, okay? So just getting that out there, getting all the no's out there, it's it's hard to get no's. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to tell you that I don't feel anything or 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 I'm sad that somebody says no, they don't want to buy or somebody says no, I don't want you to come or this is not something that I want. It's it's tough. It's not easy. Um but being able to continue was the hard part. So the thing that changed was out of those 142 appointments, the thing that I noticed was uh, 54 appointments were IPOs, okay? That literally changed my business. Being able to call IPOs and set up 54 appointments in those 90 days literally changed my entire business. Did I get a lot of no's from the IPOs, Dick? Oh, yeah, I got a lot of them. But I wasn't focusing on the no's. I was focusing on the people that called, for some reason called, 
or they so what I came across with the IPLs, they already sent in a direct mail lead. So when they called, they said, Oh, I already did this, so they hung up. So they didn't complete it. Or they something happened with the system where it, it it timed out on them or something, so they couldn't finish it. Right? That's that's the people I was trying to find when I was calling the IPLs. I wasn't trying to convince the people that called in that they needed mortgage protection. I was just looking for the people that already did it and were interested, but something happened in that time span when they called. Okay? So it's not a completed eight lead necessarily, but it's completed in their mind because they've done it. They're interested. And they might have sent in a couple of direct mail uh, requests, and they might have called in another um, IMO. You never know. So that's that's who I was looking for. But to looking at this, 222 people said no to me. And if you look at at it, that I wrote in those 90 days was 60 about 63,000. I looked at it as every no made me 441 dollars if you break it out that way. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, last week we focused on uh, changing our perspective, and that's a classic example of changing one's perspective yeah. because you don't look at the no. It's, it's interesting. Uh, I made a note here while you were talking. When I get reports from agents, what, what they focused 90% of their time on were the two people that slammed the door in their face or the two people that were hung up mm-hmm. on them or were ugly to them rather than focusing on the fact that, you know, here you went out, you had 220 people said no, 222 people said no, but you still wrote $62,557 in premium. And even in, at an entry-level contract, that's forty grand in income, you know. And obviously, you're not in an entry level contract anymore. But that's forty thousand dollars. How many of you on the call today could take a few no's during half that? Yeah, okay. there's, there's a really good book called uh, "Go for the No," and it kind of goes over that. And I think our last conference, uh, Nick and Cindy Theodore kind of mentioned that that was like an essential read, and I recommend anybody to read it. But yeah, it's. Um, yeah, 220 people said no on the phone, and 80 appointments I did not sell. So you, you kind of look at it. So, But I, you were still able to generate, if you're at 70 pro, uh, 70% contract in 90 days, to generate 40000 So, But I, I kind of focused on, like I said before, consistency. So out of those 142 appointments, if you divide that by three and then four, I averaged at 16 appointments a week. Even though I took a week or two off, you know, for family and stuff like that, or a couple of days, but that was that was kind of I needed to look at it from that thirty thousand feet range instead of focusing on a bad day. That's how I was able to stay consistent. Consistent. Now you and I talked earlier, and and the consistency and the activity. Uh, when when before you started this ninety day cycle, madman cycle, do you? Well, I know from what you said earlier that your activity level was marginal at best prior to that, but when you changed your focus to do the activity and the activity will take care of you, in other words, the law of large numbers will take mm-hmm. care of you, um, how do you feel like, what, what do you feel like attributed to that mindset change most? 
so uh, the thing that contributed to it, I wanted to see what this thing can do in 90 days. So I didn't focus on the results. I just focused on the appointments. I said, okay, I need to get 15 appointments a week or 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 at least average 15 to 16 appointments a week in that month. How can I do that? And I stopped focusing on the result and I started focusing on just the process. And for me, that was the key because if I, by doing that, then I was like, okay, I needed to get four more appointments because I lacked two appointments last week. I needed to get four more appointments this week. How can I do that? And how can I strategize to be to get to that consistent level of being at 15 and 16 appointments a week? That means that you know, one one week I might have had 10 appointments. Next week I had 17 or 20. But I needed to be consistent on that law, uh, law of large numbers, and that's what I focused. I didn't focus on who closed, who I didn't close. I mean, yeah, did it hurt? Of course it did. Um, was I upset if somebody you were sitting with, you, you, you know, they were really, really nice to you, and they made you dinner, and they got an application, and three days later they canceled? Yeah, <laughs> those things happen. But I stopped focusing on that, and I'm like, okay. Let me just see what this whole thing can happen in 90 days. And as Barry will say, the the numbers are the numbers. They work out no matter how you look at them on a 90-day on a scale. I hope everybody, if there's nothing more that you took out of what Elvira shared with us this morning, is this. Do not focus on the results. Focus on the activity and the process because if if you allow the results to jade your thinking – and Barry talks a lot about this. We all battle these demons, so to speak, of why isn't working, what did I do wrong, our own mental attitude. And if we can stop focusing on the results, that's automatically going to give us a leg up on the attitude. And if we don't focus on the result and we focus on the activity and the process, guys, if we do the activity and the process, it's very difficult to not be successful in our business. Um, in closing out, Elvira, anything that you'd like to share either about that book, Go For No, or any of the things that we've discussed this morning? Well, only thing I can say is um, stay consistent. Um, you guys uh, you guys will you, – everybody is fighting those demons, as Barry said. And for me, they were – um, the emotional and the the mental head fake, right? You're always riding the wave. Let yourself enjoy it. Let yourself, you know, um, kind of be down. Like you, you ended up having a bad day. It's okay to feel and think about all that. But get back to that level-headed mind where I am just, this is a job, and I just got to make appointments, and I just got to run them. That's what I have to do. I just have to make appointments, and I just have to run them. doesn't matter what happens. If I make the sale, if I don't make the sale, just, just do that. Don't worry about, you know, getting on top of the leaderboard, which is nice. Don't get me wrong. But ultimately, everything will will take care of itself if you just focus on the process. Make appointments and run them. Make appointments and run them and talk to your manager and plan. 
all the other things, the, the minutia, the, it will all just kind of fall in place. Um, and so that's kind of what I, I can kind of leave you guys with. Don't listen to the critics or anybody else that says, oh, this doesn't work if you just start it. If they're not in the arena with you and, and getting a bunch of no's, you know, their their value or their opinion doesn't really matter. So do the do the activities, make appointments, and run them. Hell or high water, it doesn't matter. Just keep doing that. And in 90 days to 120 days, you're going to look back and you're like, oh, I, I ended up depositing $40,000, 50000 How'd that happen? So, yeah, that's the only thing I can say. Well, I want to thank you so much this morning. One of the things that uh, I think has contributed to this, you know, we would talk once a week, maybe twice a week, but when you started this 90-day thing, um, Madman Cycle, we would talk usually a minimum of once a day and sometimes twice a day. So we went from once to twice a week to once to twice a day. That made a difference. It made both of us more accountable. Uh, the other thing I want to focus on is, you know, Art Williams, if you haven't listened to that podcast yet, just do it. But Art, as soon as I do this, just go do it, you know. And he goes through all the, not a lot, all, but a lot of the reasons people use excuses. Well, just go do it, you know. Well, i got to get my wife on board. Just go do it because you'll get your wife on board and they start putting money in your checking account. Just go do it. You know, and you made a statement that you kind of slid over. I don't want anybody to miss. You made the comment about always keep track because, see, having these numbers here and tracking everything, does everybody have to track to the degree that you did here? Uh, probably not quite that degree, but you, had a, you were on a mission just to see how fast this vehicle would go. How fast can I go into that curve and come out the other side? And those are all things that make a huge difference for everybody on the call, and, and we're seeing the evidence here in black and white on what it did for you. $63,000 in a three-month period of time. Wow. That's just amazing. Yeah, you multiply know. that by four for the quarters, and, uh, and mm -hmm. you know, Elvira's going to be a top earner. Yeah. And it makes all the difference. Elvira, thank you so much for sharing with us this morning. Um, I wanted to share, uh, uh, I talked with um, Marcia this week, and we're going back to the questions, you know, that we ask every week. And the reason I'm, I keep going over it is I think we just need to hear it more and more, and we need to practice it a whole lot more. And the question came up, she was going over a presentation with me, and we have our permission to share this here, and immediately launched into what our product is. And, um, and, and I'm going to share a real-life situation with you here in just a minute that happened to me this week. But if, we, if, if you had the cure for cancer and somebody's got cancer and you want it up and you just start pouring your heart out about that's what you know this, this snake oil does and you ought to do it and you go on, um, People look at you as a salesperson selling snake oil. But if you can keep in mind, um, when we start talking to somebody about anything, whether we're promoting something or selling something, the client's first reaction is to put their mind in reverse so that they don't get sucked into something. And now, have you ever tried to drive a car and go from reverse to forward? No, you've got to put it in neutral or you'll just leave the transmission on the road right there. 
on the spot. Well, our clients are, are the same way, and the purpose in asking questions is to put people's minds, moving it from reverse to neutral, then we can engage them and put it in forward. And if you can just imagine a sales cycle going that way, and let me share with you what happened with me this week. I think a number of you know we have our house for sale, and the realtor thought that we could sell it the way it was and allow the people, give them a, uh, an allowance to fix the windows, to do the painting and replace the carpet. Well, it didn't work. And I finally this week I went in, or two weeks ago, I said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to go in. We're going to fix all these things, and it's going to pristine when we go in. Well, looking at the windows, I wanted the least expensive window to look nice. And that's exactly what the first guy showed me. And if I had, I don't know why, but I just felt like I needed to get one more. I knew I was going to buy from him when he got finished because I liked the warranty. I liked everything about it. But he didn't ask any questions. He just told me what the product did. So I met with another guy yesterday, and he said, Dick, he said, now I have a product that will do the exact same thing. In fact, it's one step better than the company you're talking with. But what are you trying to accomplish? And I said, well, we want to sell the house. He said, well, let me explain to you if I'm sitting down talking to somebody and they're talking about buying a house, I show them how to figure out if the windows that look good in the house are the least expensive windows they can get. And he pointed out three or four things. He said, now, do you want somebody coming in a house like this looking at your windows and realize you've put the least expensive window you can get in this house? Or worse yet, you can't advertise it as a five-star quality, and he gave me the name that they use. And I said, well, I think I want the five-star quality because of the neighborhood and the type of house it is. So he took the time to educate me on how he explains to other people whether the windows are good or not. And uh, as soon as we get the contract, I'm signing and sending it back to him. Because he asked me some questions he's about, you know, what do you want to convey to these people when they're looking at your house? I want to convey value. He said, is that important to you? And I said, well, yes, it's important to me. He said, why? I said, because I don't want people thinking that we skimped to make this house their home and a great place to live. And he went through three or four different questions along those lines, all three or four of which led me to the conclusion, I don't want to take the least expensive window he has. I don't even want to take one that's lower than that that he also sells. He said, I sell it, he said, but I don't promote it, and I only have it to show why people should spend a little bit more. And as a result, he's the one that ended up with the sale because of the questions. He gave me the same information that I needed that I got from the other guy, but he also led me to believe and understand where the value came into it. So let's go back to the question. If you had a cure for cancer and you're trying to tell somebody about it, you know, we don't go in telling them what it is. We go in asking questions. You know, the traditional systems work 50% of the time. We've got one here that has been shown to work 75 or 80% of the time. Now, it's not cheap. Would you be interested in finding out more about that? No. Then walk away because you, you're not going to make the sale there. But yes, I would be interested. What's important to you in this process? 
Now, this probably is not going to make you sick when you take it. Even if it doesn't work, you're not going to experience the, the same outcome as chemo. Would that be important to you? Yes. I've got three kids I've got to raise. I have to continue working. So you go through three questions. And I told somebody last night, um, and we were talking about it, I said, you know, and Connie reminded me of this last week after the call, you can ask three disturbing questions without offending the client. But when you ask the fourth one, you're pushing it, and the fifth one, they shut down on you and they start getting angry. So when we're talking in terms of questions that are disturbing, never ask more than three without giving them a solution. And the solution in this situation here was, do you want to have windows that when the people come into the house and look at it, it screams quality? Or do you want to have one that whispers cheap? Bingo, that made the sale. So the, the questions are so important in the process that we go through. Now, let's go back and re recap real quick. When we're trying to sell somebody and look at yourself when you're buying something, your mind is always in reverse. Why is that? Because you're trying to protect yourself from making a mistake. So you're always going to be in reverse whenever you're talking about buying anything because you want to get the information before you move forward. So if that person can ask you a question that moves you from reverse to neutral, now that means your mind is open for moving forward. And then they ask three disturbing questions and give you a solution. Now that solution makes sense and you're ready to make a decision. So just kind of use that as a mindset thing. So whenever you're getting ready to share something with somebody, this is what this product does. Before you start sharing, think of one or two questions you can ask before you start that. And guys, that's going to change the outcome of your uh, sales process and your career.